Welcome to No Compromise, where faith and reason fuse in conversation. Hello, Johnny. Hello, my love. Hello, everyone. Okay, so today we're going to discuss book four of Paradise Lost. Yay. <laughs> this is actually one of my favorite books. I love yeah, this book. Yeah, you've been really enjoying it. Yep. Um, so this past Monday on The Christian Atheist, what did you what did you talk about? I called it evil self-reflective mm-hmm. because in it, Satan seems to be very self-reflective in the sense of looking at himself. And this, in a way, sort of conflicts with some of the things we talked about in some of our other conversations. Right. Mm-hmm. Because we said, in reality, it seems as though Satan is wholly evil. And doesn't self-reflect. <laughs> and doesn't self-reflect, right. Right, because... So, yeah. in, in its own way, remember when we were talking about the introduction mm-hmm. to Paradise Lost, we said that Satan was sort of like a um, a protagonist of this epic poem. Right. And as kind of the main character, mm-hmm. Milton tends to humanize him in a way that maybe isn't correct. Maybe not biblical, but... Right, maybe not biblical, and maybe poetic. not the proper understanding. Mm-hmm. But it is poetic, and it it's also great, very human. Right, and makes great... Makes for good drama. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and helps us to understand the... Um, the nature of evil. The nature of evil, but also sin within ourselves. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think that's correct. Okay. So... That was Monday, and today we want to discuss the entire book four. It's a long book, isn't it, John? It is a long book. has over a thousand lines yeah, in it, yes. Yeah, So Milton opens this book sad about Adam and Eve's falling away, that, was, that it was inevitable. Right. He laments the fact that the fall actually occurs and says it would have been nice had they been able to be warned in such a way that they would have heeded it and no fall would have occurred. Right. But, of course, we know that that's counterfactual. Mm-hmm. But in book five and six, they are sort of warned because they're told the story yes. of Satan's fall. Right. And that's in keeping with what Milton said mm-hmm. in the very first book, that he said he's going to justify the ways of God to men. Mm-hmm. That, in fact, the Creator did give plenty of warning to Adam and Eve that there was danger on the way mm-hmm. and that, therefore, it is their own fault when they fall, not right. God's. Right. Okay, before we go on, though, there's kind of like two themes going on throughout this book. Um, there's evil, like you said, on Monday, evil, self-reflective. Right. And then... And the second part yeah. deals with Adam and Eve and domestic bliss. Right, right. And really, for me, this is my favorite part of the poem. Of course, because yep. you're a lover. I'm a lover. <laughs> So after Milton opens lamenting, as you said, we see Satan on the mountain, on a mountain near Eden, and he's thinking about his former power, and he actually feels God's goodness. Right. He actually Mm -hmm. acknowledges God's goodness, and that he owed to God proper service, and that he failed to give it. But the problem, it's not his fault, because the problem was God (laughs) made him powerful. Right. so once again, it's God's fault right. that Satan fell. Yeah, it which was is his again, fault for him well, trying to take over. and Which is, know. again, the modus operandi of mm-hmm. evil. Yeah. It's never their own fault. Right. You never take responsibility for your own issues. Mm-hmm. You always blame someone else. Right. And, and then, this is wokeism to the nth degree. Right, right. And he thinks about repentance. Right. But he just cannot submit to God. Yes, so anyway, he accepts his doomed fate, and he decides he's just going to go on with his plan to corrupt God's goodness. Mm-hmm. So you have a few lines you want to say from the poem here. Right. I think it's worthwhile mm-hmm. to emphasize a few points, even if we're covering some of the same ground As on that Monday. we did on Monday. Yeah, I think yes. so, too. So Satan says this, which way I fly is hell. Myself am hell. Mm-hmm. And that is Satan's self-reflective, understanding that it doesn't matter where he is. Mm-hmm. He brings hell with him. Because as he said way back in book one, the mind is its own place and can make a heaven of hell a hell of heaven. Mm-hmm. And therefore, it is Satan himself, the mind of Satan, that is hell. And so it doesn't matter where he goes or which way he goes or what he plans to do. He brings hell with him. Right. And of course, along with that comes the suffering of hell. 
the lower still I fall, only supreme in misery, such joy ambition finds. And so this self-reflective Satan sees that he is the cause of his own agony. He -hmm. recognizes it, even though (laughs) at the same time, he denies it. Mm -hmm. And this is that Hegelian logic that we've talked about for so long on the Christian atheist that denies the Aristotelian logic of either or and embraces both and. Mm -hmm. And then this line, and, and I can't leave this line out no matter how many times we do it, It is still so fantastic. So Satan says this, For never can true reconcilement grow where wounds of deadly hate have pierced so deep. So even if he were offered by God the chance to repent, it would just be a lie on his part. And he knows that if he were to accept God's offer, which would but lead me to a worse relapse and heavier fall. So should I purchase dear short intermission bought with double smart. This knows my punisher. Therefore, as far from granting he, as I from begging, peace. I'm not going to go to God and ask for any mercy, and he's not going to offer it to me, because he and I both know that any concord between us will be a lie. So, he says, farewell hope, and with hope, farewell fear. Farewell, remorse. And this line is so powerful. All good to me is lost. Evil, be thou my good. And there we have what Isaiah said, mm-hmm. right? The entire inversion of goodness and evil. Right. And this is what I've been trying to make the point about our Hegelian nature in yeah. today's society. Yeah that we've exchanged these two. Mm-hmm. We've completed the inversion. Right. Woe to those who call good evil and evil good. Exactly. And that is exactly what Satan here embraces mm-hmm. explicitly. Okay, so Satan becomes like a voyeur, right? And he's watching Adam and Eve. First, he takes the shape of a bird. Right. And we probably ought to say yeah. that this picks up on what we talked about in C.S. Lewis's... The Magician's Nephew. Right. Right. In when... which the garden that the evil witch broke into and climbed over the wall mm-hmm. is exactly paralleled here yeah. in Milton's Paradise Lost. Right. Because Satan, coming upon the garden, recognizes that there is a gate which he should go through, Mm -hmm. and he disdains to go through the gate and leaps the wall. Right, he does it his own way. And flies up into the tree and becomes a cormorant, Mm -hmm. which we were questioning when we were talking about that in Lewis, what the bird is and what the bird represents. Did you find that? So I I looked it up this time, and the cormorant sometimes is a symbol of greed but oftentimes is also a symbol of good omen. Mm. And so there's some ambiguity here. Yeah. But Satan in in Milton, right, takes the form of a cormorant in the tree of life, Mm -hmm. not in the tree of knowledge, but in the tree of life, Mm -hmm. which stands beside the forbidden tree of knowledge. Right, right. And it's interesting because Satan is kind of jealous. He's sort of sad because he, looking at Adam and Eve, watching them and thinking, I could have been involved in what God's doing here with these humans if I hadn't fallen. So it says this about Satan, looking upon the garden of God. From this Assyrian garden, where the fiend saw, undelighted, all delight. And that says a lot Mm -hmm. about the nature of evil. It can look upon the greatest of goods and hate it. Right, right. So this picks up exactly on that idea that we read just a few moments ago. Evil be thou, my good. That transposition, that inversion. All kind of living creatures, Satan saw, new to sight and strange, two of nobler shape, erect and tall. And that notion of erect for Milton is incredibly important. Mm -hmm. It is the standing up of the human on the two feet that sets them apart from the rest of the animal kingdom. That erect thing, standing tall before God, owning the image of the creator who created him. Erect and tall, 
godlike erect, with native honor clad, in naked majesty, seemed lords of all, and worthy seemed, for in their looks divine the image of their glorious maker shone. And Satan, far more than man himself, is aware of that image of God because he lived in that image. He understood the actual nature of God far better than man could by themselves. That's for sure. And hated it. Mm -hmm. Okay, so as Satan is watching Adam and Eve, he, he kind of like changes into different animals as he approaches them. That's right. So Satan is trying to spy on them and gain more information Mm -hmm. so that he might be a more effective underminer of God's creation in man. Yeah. And then we're taken to Adam and Eve who are talking and remembering the past. Okay. So why don't you introduce it by reading the first hand in hand, holding hands? Let me just read a section here. Okay. And Satan, looking upon man, sees all of this and is envious and resentful. Mm -hmm. Then was not guilty shame. And here we're talking about the interactions of Adam and Eve. Honor dishonorable. Sin bred. How have ye troubled all mankind with shows instead, mere shows of seeming pure, and banished from man's life his happiest life, simplicity and spotless innocence? So passed they naked on, nor shunned the sight of God or angel, for they thought no ill. So hand in hand they passed, the loveliest pair that ever since in love's embraces met. And that hand in hand continues Mm -hmm. as a theme throughout Paradise Lost. And I love it so much that I put it into a lot of our poetry that I've written for you. In fact, our no compromise poem. Mm-hmm. I and you and you and me, reflections in our eyes. Together, one flesh, now hand in hand, our life, no compromise. That's right. And I wrote that for our third anniversary. That's right. This past August. Right. And we actually used that to launch no compromise. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that hand in hand thing is taken right here from Milton's Paradise Lost that I was reading at the time. That's right. Yeah. And this we'll see this as we move forward. I will try to make it a point to bring it to our readers' acknowledgement every time we find it in the text, because it is important. And it ends the text, which is interesting because it's like one of the last lines in the whole poem. In the whole poem. Mm-hmm. That after Adam and Eve are thrown from paradise, in their own way They take paradise with them. That's right. Because they walk away hand in hand. Mm -hmm. And that is so perfect for you and I. And the reality that we found together in Christ, moving forward in our lives and working together Mm -hmm. as Adam and Eve Mm -hmm. on a single project, together, hand in hand, our life, no compromise. That's right. Not that I want to praise my own poetry, (laughs) but I absolutely do love that line. Yeah, it is really good. Okay, so I love some of the things that Adam and Eve say back and forth. Some of their interactions with each other. Correct, through all of this. Right. So picking up on line 409, Adam says this, Soul partner and soul part of all these joys dearer thyself than all. And this this talks of how deeply Adam feels his own being is involved, not just involved with, but utterly tied into the one flesh thing. Yeah, I was going to say, at this point, God had already said to them that they are one flesh. Right. And Adam felt it because he gave up his, his rib in order for it to be so. And in the Bible, he says, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. Right. Needs must the power that made us, and I I love this, and for us, this ample world, be infinitely good, and of his good, as liberal and free, as infinite. And in the Christian Atheist, Mm -hmm. we've called this the fundamental faith, that starting point where we recognize that the God of the universe, the creator, is infinitely good himself. He is goodness. 
And therefore, all that he has done for us is foundationally good. That's the starting point. And that's where Adam, speaking to Eve, says, this is where we start. Mm -hmm. God is good. And all that he has done for us is good. And that's where we must start as theists and as Christians. And there's no way to reason your way to that other than looking around and accepting the goodness, the value of the universe or rejecting it. Those are the two fundamental positions. And that's why I call that fundamental faith. Yeah. You did a Christian atheist on that. I did several Christian atheists on that. Yes. Yeah. In all this happiness, Adam says to Eve, who at his hand have nothing merited, nor can perform aught whereof he hath need. In other words, all this goodness that God has given to us is not something that we've merited. It's not something that we've deserved. Not something that we've deserved. Nor is it something that from us he desires. Mm -hmm. From us, no other service than to keep this one, this easy charge of all the trees in paradise that bear delicious fruit, so various not to taste that only tree of knowledge planted by the tree of life, the only sign of our obedience left. Mm -hmm. This is the one thing that God asks of us, and he's given us dominion over all other creatures. This one easy prohibition and choice unlimited of manifold delights. Mm -hmm. All of this goodness that God has given us And he's asked of us one small thing on faith to accept. Right. That this we should not do. And this is what Adam is saying. Yes, and Adam is saying this Mm -hmm. to Eve. But let us ever praise him and extol his bounty. And again, this is that fundamental faith. To trust that God's goodness is the foundation on which our life exists. To prune these growing plants and tend these flowers. In other words, he's given us a task, Mm -hmm. which were it toilsome, yet with thee were sweet. That reminds me me of every day. That reminds me of every day I have with you. Mm -hmm. Each morning when I wake up and I know that we have before us a day of toil toil and and work and serious effort Mm -hmm. to get the school that I teach Mm -hmm. done to get the Christian atheist done, to get no compromise done. All of these things that are laid out before us are real toil Mm -hmm. to exercise, to do our walks. To maintain your diabetes. To maintain my diabetic (laughs) procedures, yes. But all of those things are sweet because in relation to all of the labor, Mm -hmm. God has given me you to enjoy them through. And I think that is exactly what Adam and Eve are talking about here. To whom thus Eve replied, O thou for whom and from whom I was formed, flesh of thy flesh, and without whom am to no end my guide and head. What thou hast said is just and right, for we to him indeed all praises owe and daily thanks. And then Eve recalls the moment where she awoke to consciousness, much wondering where and what I was. And she awoke clearly as a rational mind, as what she was. And right now I am reading G.K. Chesterton's Mm -hmm. Everlasting Everlasting Man. Man. Mm -hmm. And he talks about the rational mind and how it is the fundamental fact of human being that we are these sort of rational consciousnesses. And Eve awoke to find herself exactly that, a rational self-consciousness. And she says the first thing she did was come to see herself in the mirror of the water. That is, she knew herself as a self-conscious being. And God's voice came to her and said, What there thou seest, fair creature, is thyself. With thee it came and goes, but follow me. And I will bring thee where no shadow stays thy coming, and thy soft embraces, he whose image thou art, him thou shalt enjoy inseparably thine. 
to him shalt bear multitudes like thyself, and thence be called mother of human race. And Milton makes an interesting choice in presenting Eve's self-consciousness here, because after seeing herself, the voice of God leads her to Adam, and she says, eh, yeah, I think I was more beautiful than he. <laughs> and you took issue with that. Yeah, because if I turned around and saw you, I'd be like, I'm never going back to that image. <laughs> I'd never, I'm never going back to my own image. <laughs> I have a feeling that Milton put his own perspective into Eve yeah, rather than knowing what a woman would actually do. But he actually comes around mm -hmm. to that. She sees Adam and says, yet me thought less fair, less winning soft, less amiably mild than that smooth, watery image of herself. Back I turned, and then Adam cries out to her, Return, fair Eve. And I love these words of Adam mm -hmm. to Eve. And he cries, Return, fair Eve. Whom fliest thou? Whom thou fliest? Of him thou art, his flesh, his bone. To give thee being I lent out of my side to thee, nearest my heart, substantial life. To have thee by my side, henceforth, an individual solace. Dear, part of my soul I seek thee, and thee claim my other half. And I can't help but remember when you and I were just beginning, a day when I said to you, I will be pursuing you. <laughs> and you said something like, it would be nice to be pursued. <laughs> <laughs> and it was exactly that moment. Part of my soul I seek thee, and thee claim my better half, my other half, it says here, mm -hmm. but certainly for me, my better half. Mm, and then Eve says to Adam, with that, thy gentle hand seized mine, I yielded. And there we have that division of the sexes into pursuer and pursued, yeah. and yielding. And that, for me, so beautifully presents what we've experienced mm -hmm. in God's divine structure. Right. That I still, to this day, am overwhelmed by its beauty. Right. <sighs> no crying. <laughs> I'm not crying. <laughs> but I love that Adam says to mm -hmm. Eve, part of my soul, I seek thee. And that is as true for me as anything could ever be. But I am a part without you and with you become a whole. Mm -hmm. And that is, again, one of those beautiful metaphors of the reality of life in God that we talked about last right. time in the divine superlatives, that the unity of God is the real unity that we are simply the metaphor of. Mm -hmm. And finding that metaphor in you made it real to me in a way that I could never express right. in any other way. Right. And I think Paradise Lost is a good lesson on marriage. Yes, I think it's Don't beautiful. You think so? I do. I think it's absolutely stunning. Mm -hmm. And here picking up with the poem is what you said. Milton was reading his own ideas into Eve's ideas. Mm -hmm. And I said, yeah, but he also ends up right where you say you are. Eve says this, With that thy gentle hand seized mine. I yielded, and from that time see how beauty is excelled by manly grace and wisdom, which alone is truly fair. And I find beauty absolutely encapsulated in you. And somehow or other, though I have no way of understanding how, <laughs> you manage to see some sort of vision of God's strength and power in me. And beauty. And that is stunning to me. But I think that really is the ideal of mm -hmm. God in marriage. So spake our general mother. And with eyes of conjugal attraction unreproved, 
and meek surrender, half embracing leaned on our first father, half her swelling breast naked met his, under the flowering gold of her loose tresses hid. He in delight, and boy does that express my appreciation of you, constant delight, both of her beauty and submissive charms, smiled with superior love as Jupiter on Juno smiles when he impregnates the cloud that shed mayflowers and pressed her matron lip with kisses pure. And then we bring back the devil. And I told you when we read this how violated I felt at this moment. Right. You did not like Satan watching them. Aside, the devil turned for envy. Right? And evil is always imbued with envy Mm -hmm. and scorn and resentment at the good of others. Yet with jealous leer malign eyed them askance. Sight hateful, Satan says. Sight tormenting. Thus these two, imparadised in one another's arms, the happier Eden, shall enjoy their fill of bliss on bliss, while I to hell am thrust, Hmm. where neither joy nor love, but fierce desire. And so Satan is resentful of the love and the bliss that marriage represents. Right, and you can see that in the world today. Oh, I think... Because marriage is the thing that seems like he wants to destroy, number one. More than anything else. Yeah, I think Satan wants to destroy the beauty of marriage. Mm -hmm. And one of the fundamental ways to do that is the stupid woke idea that there is no difference between men and women and that marriage is something that we should pass beyond as a silly, what? Structure. Old-fashioned. Old-fashioned relic of the past that is oppressive to women. Mm -hmm. And even in the non-woke, even in the evangelical church or or any church, it's maybe not even in church, but in Christianity in general, it's divide and conquer sort of thing where mom goes this way, dad goes that way. Everybody's active doing things, sacrificing for God, sacrificing for your children, yet they're not together and united in it. Yeah, this is one of the things that Jenny and I, I think, have come to see as a profound critique of the Christian church today. Mm-hmm. Because it seems as though, and, and maybe we're over broadly generalizing. And it here, might just know. be locally, maybe we're seeing it locally, but right. not, you know. It seems as though the church wants to divide man from woman, and that seems to be the structure of failure. And, and when we Christian say marriage. divide, we mean. Mom doing this, all of these activities right. over here, and dad doing all of these activities over here. And even, children being separated out right. from both mom and dad. And even in like Christian schools or yep. even in, in regular public school, you're running around like, like crazy people right. trying to do all of these activities. Right. And when does mom and dad get together? Right. When When is the family? The structure of... Well, not even the family. I mean mom and dad. Right. That's where it all begins. Well, yeah, that's sort of like the, the anchor point mm-hmm. of everything. Yeah. And if we do not have a good relationship between man and woman, mm-hmm. what does the family even right. consist of? Right. So, yeah, and that's, I think, one of the great dangers. And it also seems to be one of the, the fundamental themes that Milton builds upon. Yeah, because he says... Eve goes off to do her work by herself Right from Adam. Yep. He's kind of upset about that. He lets her go, and that's when she's tempted. Right. And it's almost like that is a proto-feminist mm-hmm. movement. Mm-hmm. Let me go do what I want to do. Let me show you that I'm capable. Well, you and know what, even, Eve? You're not capable, and neither am I. We right. need each other. And maybe even not feminist, but... Mom saying, hey, I have to go do this to sacrifice for my children. Yes. Or I have to go do this to sacrifice for the family. And then it separates mom and dad. And then 
and mom and dad need to be one. And then that's when the temptation comes in, and that's right. when the, the division comes in. Because really, that is the reflection of the unity of the Godhead. Mm-hmm. Exactly. We are the metaphor right. for that. Exactly. And God is one, mm-hmm. not separated. Right. And there's a reason why he made woman from man right. and then said, you will be one flesh. Exactly. And so the more we divide, the more effectively Satan wins. Mm-hmm. And that is very clear in Paradise Lost. Exactly. And it's interesting because this was, what, 1600s? Right. <laughs> yep. And it's like 400 years before right. now. And I can't help but point out that Milton seems to have an idea that Eden, Satan carries hell with him. Right. It seems to be when we get to the end of Paradise Lost, that hand in hand, Adam and Eve take paradise with them. Right. Even though they are thrown out of the physical paradise. Right. And that, to me, is one of the absolutely most beautiful things that and I take that's, from Paradise Lost. That's what we said last week when we said about a man's home is his castle. How right. about a man's home is his garden? Right. And that's true. His garden is And not a man's home. Except yeah, in his, the sense that we marriage. think of his wife right. as his home. His marriage is his garden. Exactly. And, and his garden of Eden. you are my everything. Mm-hmm. It's like the house doesn't matter. Right. The kids are secondary. Mm-hmm. You are my garden. Right. You are the thing that makes everything work. And everything. And around em- which everything focuses. And everything emanates from us. Exactly. The kids watch us. Right. You know, observing us and right and, and interacting I, with them, they see us right. as one. And I can't help but see that exact message mm-hmm. being given here in Paradise Lost. And real quick, even though we have a kind of like a fractured family, mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't have an exactly a oh yeah, we're not family. we're not exactly the <laughs> the emblem of all that we're preaching here right. for sure. <laughs> And we don't have a traditional family, I'm saying, but right. still the kids see a united husband and wife. Exactly. Mm-hmm. One flesh. Yep. And Satan resents this so deeply. Mm-hmm. And then he says this, yet let me not forget what I have gained from their own mouths. All is not theirs, it seems. Mm-hmm. One Fatal tree there stands, of knowledge called, forbidden them to taste. Knowledge forbidden, suspicious, reasonless. And notice Satan appeals here to rationality. Mm-hmm. And that's important. I've said repeatedly in The Christian Atheist that atheism is not irrational, it is hyper rational. Mm-hmm. And yet, All in the world is not rational. Some of it just is. And to that, we must simply yield. Mm -hmm. Because that is the nature of reality itself, of the world that God created. We don't get to make the world in our own image. We simply have to yield to the world that God created has given us. And that's what science is all about. And today, with all of these stupid signs about science is real by these people who absolutely deny the reality of the world, drive me insane. And I know you're looking at me and laughing (laughs) I am laughing because every time we go for our walks (laughs) and we see the science is real science. It drives me insane. You get angry. (laughs) Because they're the ones who are denying science and reality. And yet they say to us, science is real. (laughs) Okay. So what about Paradise Lost? (laughs) But Satan picks up on that Mm -hmm. point and says, oh, see, there's no reason behind this. Everything should be reasonable. Everything should be rational. Everything is something that we should be able to give a rational account of. And therefore, why is it that God forbids this? Yeah. 
and he says, this is my opening. Uh-huh. I am going to play on their rational nature, yeah. the very nature that God gave them. That was in the image of God. And play on that mm-hmm. and the hyper-rationality of that. And by that, right. I will subvert them. Right. Oh, fair foundation, Satan says, laid whereon to build their ruin. Hence, I will excite their minds with more desire to know and to reject envious commands invented with design to keep them low, whom knowledge might exalt equal with God's. Mm -hmm. So it is evil as a virus, infectious, where Satan is going to spread his own pride and desire to be more than God or to sit in the seat of God that he is going to spread to humanity. So this is the evil pathogenic that we talked about in the last last week. And then Satan says, as he heads off to get more information, live while ye may, ye happy pair. Enjoy till I return short pleasures, for long woes are to succeed. I'll be back. I'll be back, and I will infect you Mm -hmm. with this pathogen. Right. Okay, so Satan goes off to learn more about Adam and Eve from the other angels that are around, and Uriel, who realizes something's, something's not right, he goes to Gabriel to tell on what he's observed. He knows that there's something not, you know, he doesn't know it's Satan, but he knows it's something that's not right. Right. And Gabriel. Who is tasked with watching the Garden of Eden. Yeah. And at the moment he was watching two angels wrestling. Yeah. So so they're actually, it's interesting because Milton Milton actually portrays the angels as in a military formation. Mm-hmm. Right, so the angels of God have that sort of hierarchical structure mm-hmm. of a military, and they're engaging in military games right. with one another. Right, and so Gabriel's in the middle of watching this, and he says to Uriel that he'll find out what's going on. And in the meanwhile, nighttime has fallen, so Adam and Eve go back to their bower and they indulge. <laughs> <laughs> and Milton portrays this as good because it's between a married couple. Right. Milton is no fan of the notion of sex as being dirty. Mm -hmm. He glories in the sexual union and says that it is beautiful and God ordained. And that Satan is the one who tries to pervert it. Right. But it was actually pure and innocent before sin. So Adam discusses with Eve the nature of reality as God has appointed it. Yeah. And he says, man hath his daily work of body or mind appointed, which declares his dignity. That is, it is the very nature of God. And this is one thing that helps me with thinking about the nature of eternity. Mm -hmm. Because I can't help but think that we human beings, we creatures created by God, for an eternal being. We must have some task, job. right? Mm-hmm. Some job. And that is that continues. Right, right. Into the new heaven and the new earth. Right. And that is our dignity. God wants us to do something mm-hmm. to understand. And I can't help but think it's the search for understanding of God Himself. It's like the scientific project undertaken, the study of reality. And God is Himself reality. And Adam relates all this to Eve, and then Eve says this to Adam, mm-hmm. yeah, go ahead. to whom thus Eve, with perfect beauty adorned, says this to Adam, my author and disposer, what thou bidst, unargued, I obey. So God ordains, God is thy law, thou mine. And as a Christian husband, I can't help but say, that this mm-hmm. is the truth as clearly expressed by God exactly. as any. Mm-hmm. That is, 
you have to always do what I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get yourself in trouble. <laughs> but as what? a Christian husband, <laughs> I learned that you... You know what you're doing. Sometimes. You do. But I, I Even think when you don't know what you're doing, I know God's working in you. One of the things that makes me mm -hmm. so angry when I've been reading through Milton's Paradise mm -hmm. Lost is some of the commentary that I've read on yeah. it <laughs> that makes of statements like this yeah. some sort of slam. Patriarchy. Yeah, on the patriarchy mm -hmm against women. Mm -hmm. And it is so false. Right. And it's so clear if right. you read Milton carefully that that's not the case, yeah. that there is an equal dignity between yeah. men and women. And Milton acknowledges it, celebrates it. Right. Right. It's that there are differences between the two. Yeah. And that those differences are complementary. Right. Exactly. And that without you, <laughs> I'm a bloody disaster. But with you, holy cow, we can do anything. Exactly. And I know that. I acknowledge my weaknesses, and they don't bother me. Right, exactly. Because you don't make me feel bad about my weaknesses. You help me see them. You help me correct them. And in doing so, you make me better, and you more capable of following what God has designated me right. to do. Right, and it goes both ways. It does go mm -hmm. both ways. Exactly. And that complementarity is the most beautiful thing I have ever run across in my life. Mm -hmm. And I think what guys screw up all the time is just that sense Pride. that they should be able to handle everything. Right. And you can't because you're a limited, fallible being. And women have resources that you don't have, right. especially in relating to other people. Holy cow, I am so blind and ignorant when it comes to dealing with other people in ways that you see things that I completely and utterly miss, that you make me so much better just by talking with you to correct my deficiencies. Right. And, and guys in general, if they would just realize that they could go home and it's the one place, their wife is the one place where they can be weak, you That's know? That's right. And, and, and then, not be ashamed of it. Right. And then they can go back out and be tough in the world again. Right. And be tough more effectively. Right. And because a, you've listened and understood. Yeah, as a wife, to allow your husband to be weak and to be the helpmeet. Right. And so reinforcing what we just said, this one line, I absolutely love it and I can't avoid coming to it. Line 657, mm -hmm. to whom our general ancestor replied, and of course this is Adam, daughter of God and man, accomplished Eve. And the point there that Adam is making is that Eve is as much the image bearer of God as he is. Right. And yes, he may have been given the place above in the structure, mm -hmm. but he is equal to Eve in bearing the image of God. Right. And that together they are one. Right. Just as there is no deficiency in Christ being below the Father. Right. I was just going to say that. It's the same. It's the yes. same thing that we cannot understand. So I absolutely love that line. And as humans, we think of this is higher than this or this is better than this. But in God's point of view, it's something that we can't even understand. Right. Because we always think of better, first place, second place, and it's not that. Right. So picking up just a little farther down, line 687, thus talking. And when you and I talk with one another, and we do it a lot because we walk together, we work together, our, we spend 24 hours a day together, and I love every second of it. Thus talking, hand in hand, mm -hmm. <laughs> and I love holding your hand. <laughs> Alone they passed on to their blissful power. It was a place chosen by the sovereign planter when he framed all things to man's delightful use. Mm -hmm. And I love those lines. Yeah. 
because it really does speak to me of all of the relationship of man to wife in the proper sense that God ordained that we are together one being confronting the world Mm -hmm. and dealing with the problems and the realities and the goodness of life and together worshiping our great creator. Right, right. Okay, so picking up with line 734, Adam and Eve having talked with one another, this said unanimous, Mm -hmm. and other rites observing none, but adoration pure, which God likes best, into their inmost bower, handed they went. There's the hands again. Uh, There's the hands again. I absolutely love that. But this also points to the notion of pure worship, which comes from man and woman together Mm -hmm. in worship of their God. And the rituals, which Milton was no big fan of, he throws aside. And again, that to me is the most beautiful of realities, that man and woman together make one flesh in adoration of their creator. And the foundation. And that's the foundation of everything mm-hmm. else. Straight side by side were laid, nor turned, I ween, Adam from his fair spouse, nor Eve, the rites mysterious of connubial love refused. Whatever hypocrites austerely talk of purity and place and innocence, defaming as impure what God declares pure, and commands to some leaves free to all, our Maker bids increase. Who bids abstain but our destroyer, foe to God and man? Hail, wedded love, mysterious law, true source of human offspring, sole propriety in paradise of all things common else, Far be it that I should write thee sin or blame, or think thee unbefitting holiest place, perpetual fountain of domestic sweets whose bed is undefiled and chaste pronounced. And I don't even know how to talk about this fairly, Mm -hmm. but our world has so destroyed sex. As something impure, when it is God's very design of purity and beauty and love and unity and worship. Kind of like they've destroyed it as pure pleasure. That's it. That's all it is. Yeah. While it is the glue that holds everything together. And I mean literally everything. With a husband and a wife. So why would Satan not seek to to destroy destroy it? it? Right. And that just breaks my heart. So Milton says this, Sleep on, blessed pair, and O ye happiest, if ye seek no happier state, and know to know no more. That is, to find the joy and the truth that God gives us. Right and not to seek to go beyond it. Right. To embrace the good that God gives. And in that, you're free. And in that, be satisfied and and free. free. Right. Because that is where true freedom lives. Mm -hmm. Right? It is bondage beyond that. Mm -hmm. And I've lived that enough to know Mm -hmm. the truth of that. Okay, so, (laughs) Satan takes the form of a toad, whispers in Eve's ear while she's sleeping, trying to pervert her dreams and and plant seeds, you know. And while he's whispering in her ear, Gabriel, who had sent two angels to look for this thing that Uriel had been observing, he sends these two angels, Ithuriel and Zephon, yep. and they catch him in the act of whispering right. into her ears. And he is a toad at this point. Right, right. And so we see Satan sort of moving down the line of the created beings to the point where he becomes a toad. And so sin has reduced him further and further. At this point, when the angels catch Satan, he returns to his true shape. They argue, and Satan wants to speak to their leader, who is Gabriel. 
And so he comes in the presence of Gabriel. Um, and of course, at first, as he always does, he's the innocent victim. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and the problem is, which is kind of funny, is pride makes him brag yes. about everything he went through to get there. Right. And I can't help but think here, you talk about like your kids yeah. always talking with one another. And it's like Satan and Gabriel are back and forth mm-hmm. like two kids yeah, they're talking like children, with one yeah. another. <laughs> So they're about to do battle, and then God comes and stop. Well, he doesn't come, but he stops them by putting golden scales in the sky. Right. And Satan recognizes right. that if he were to oppose, yeah. he would fail. He utterly. would be found wanting. Right. Sort of like in Daniel. Yep. That's been, right. Many, many tackle you farson. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You have been found, you have been weighed in the scales and found wanting. Yes. Right. That's a great reference. I'd forgotten yeah. about that. Yeah. Yes. So Satan runs away, and that ends book four. Right. All right. So <laughs> this has gone pretty long. <laughs> I think <laughs> a lot be longer than out. we thought. Yeah. So if you haven't started reading Paradise Lost yourself, you might be able to squeeze it in through our audio version without commentary that John has read. Uh, the best place to get it is probably on YouTube because it's in a playlist. And John, you put the link in the description, of course. Yes. And if you're listening to us on YouTube, please subscribe. (laughs) Uh, And be sure to listen to John on Monday, where the Christian Atheist talks about book five and six, or... I'm not sure how we're going to cut that up yet. We'll have to see, because we haven't Book five and six are kind of like one entire book. And then, of course, listen on Thursday to see how we're going to do No Compromise. Okay, so thank you for joining us, and we hope you're having a great week. Oh, one other thing, John. Don't forget, if you haven't gotten a copy of John's book, Through the Looking Glass. The Imploding imploding of of an Atheist Professor's Worldview. That's right. I always forget how to say the last part. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You can find it on Amazon. John will put a link in the description. Right. Okay, so thank you for joining us. And as always, if you want to buy us a cup of coffee, you can use that link in the description for that, too. And we'll see you all next week. And thanks again for listening. I love you, Jennifer Ann Wise. I love you, John David Wise. (laughs) I am a Christian with the searching and skeptical mind of an atheist. I don't want to believe anything that isn't true. I know both sides of the looking glass, and I know them with open eyes. I choose Christ's side. I invite you to join me from wherever you stand before the looking glass. That's this week's episode. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can have your religious cake and eat it too. You can have reason, respect for science, a 21st century worldview, and be a Christian.